Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Israel. Amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this night. We do humbly ask and request in my name of Jesus for our understanding to be open. We need your help on this particular study. In the mighty name of Jesus, we welcome you, Holy Spirit, have your way. Amen. Well, we know we're coming up on um, the, well, it's got many names. Feast of First Fruits, Feast of Weeks, Feast of Harvest, uh, Pentecost, um, the Feast of um, uh, First Fruits of um, Israel Labors, a Feast of First Fruits of Wheat Harvest, and I mean, it goes on. Um, yet, the one thing I've learned, like with many, many other things that are going on, um, you, you know, there's a movement out there that's what they call, I don't know, I guess they call it a sacred name movement. And and the one thing I've learned over the years, and, I, you know, of course, I did give warning to a lot of people about it. Um, I, I told them from the very beginning what's going to happen is it's going to end up discouraging a lot of you um, because you, you go down that path, you're going to find many, many doorways. And those doorways I was trying to explain to them is, is that everybody, you, you know, you go down, everybody's got their way. You know, when you're trying to um, put the most high in one box and try to say this is his name right here. You understand what I mean? And so what happened is a lot of people end up getting discouraged because they go to one place. They pronounce his name Yahuwah. They go to another place, his name is Yahweh. And then they so-called do more deeper search and study and stuff, and they keep, you know, this is what they call it. And they end up getting in more trouble because then they finally get frustrated and throw up their hands and say, well, don't nobody know. And it, they end up becoming offended. And then they end up falling away. You know what I mean? But they just throw up their hands, and, and you wouldn't believe how many um, ha have um, fallen out of Christ because uh, they started off trying to search for what they call the right way and um, ended up out of the way. And I'm talking about people who are seeking to be closer to the Father than, you know, your regular so-called Christian religions, if you understand I me, mean, them people ain't seeking to get close to God. They don't care less about the most high. But these people were really, um, had a zeal, you know, to get really close to him. Um, and then they, they end up getting offended and getting frustrated. And um, many of them end up um, blaspheming the name of Jesus. Um, you know what I mean? Not knowing uh, that, that out of all these years of us doing study, that I haven't found as far as translation or transliteration as far as the name of Jesus. I haven't found anything wrong with it. I've listened carefully to what people have said. You understand what I mean? Um, and, I, and I will go back and check out what they say to see if what they're saying is so. Um, sometimes when you're looking for something, you're willing to accept anything that would agree with what you already, well, what you already really don't know what you believe, but you know what you just come from wasn't the truth. And that was based on what you heard from somebody else. You know what I mean? So 
You know, one time they, they made an attempt early on and said, you know, the name of Jesus come from Zeus. And um, so you, you just go do the simple formula. Let's see how they go spell Zeus. And, and when they spell Zeus, D-I-O-S, how do you get Jesus and Zeus out of that? And then when they couldn't no longer do that, they went to the pronunciation. You know, they, they made up stuff just like a lot of these people in the sacred name movement um, uh, made up this phrase that I coined speaking broken Hebrew. That they've, got, they've gotten to the point now that if uh, uh, somebody actually come from a Hebrew background speaking, they would tell them that you don't even know what you're talking about. You don't even know what you're speaking. And, and this is the type of spirit that, that's going on in his end time. So the enemy, um, using a lot of religion, a lot of tactics and ways, devices to wear out the patience of people. Um, but the scripture says, you know, we need a hunger and thirst after righteousness. So anyway, they... They would, they would say, um, Jesus, Jesus, and they would try to fit a square peg into a round circle and try to make it fit. Are y'all listening to me? They would. They would literally try their best to do it, and it would never fit, and then they would get very mad at you because you would not agree with them. So a lot of people have fallen away um, and, and and now they're no longer um, doing a fellowship with the saints because they just simply, you, you know, you go this way, they say they right. You go this way, they say they right. You go this way, they say they right. That's the reason why, you know, the king, um, the most high way back over here in the history of our people has given us benchmarks, what I call benchmarks, um, to show us who his people are. You follow me? When anytime he says something, that this would be a sign for his people. This is a sign. You can rest assured that those are his people. So all the, these movements, all of them will receive the fact that the Sabbath is the same. It has never changed. But then when you get over here to this new covenant, you start talking about the sign. Are you following me? Of, of um, being filled with the Holy Spirit or the sign of casting out devils, now up pops the anti-Messiah or the anti-Christ spirit. You know, when, it's, when the Messiah clearly said, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, and if you already have problems with that name, you're, not, you're, gonna, you're, you're gonna be um, um, oblivious, motionless. You won't have any action to put forth. You won't even use his name. Yet, it is still written. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. So, how are you doing? If you say you believe, but yet, you do not cast out any devils. Then there's only one other way to, um, let me use the word, translate that. It's only one other way to perceive that. You don't believe. Because believers do. See, that's another one. That the king also said, bless not the hearers, but the doers. So people will go sit in meetings getting filled up with all kind of stuff, but yet become paralyzed when it comes to the actual aspect of doing. So when he said, blessed are not the hearers, but the doers, you can hear all day long. But if you don't do, you don't believe. Amen. That's simple enough. Amen. If you say you believe, and yet you don't cast out devils, then you don't believe. And I've had people tell me, well, he sent forth his word and he, and, and he, well, he cast them out with their word. 
That's what he did. He cast him out with that word, and I said, well, you dummy. I hope you said something. I hope you said his word because they're not going to move without you saying something. And I hope you use his word. And, of course, then they get more upset and mad. So, you know, this we're in the time of offense because, you know, Jesus told us it was going to be that way. Such is the same way, and that's the reason why I try to tell us all the time, you know, brothers, just keep your, your spiritual awareness up because we're ever learning. Amen. We're not going to fulfill the scriptures like the other people do, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You hear that? They ever learning, but they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Am I making any sense? You don't want to fall in that condition. Hallelujah. You want to continue to learn. You want to go from faith to faith and glory to glory. Continually. You, want to, you don't ever want your growth to be stagnant. So when you start dealing with people according to what they call fact, not theory, but facts. Are you following me? They, they, uh, they, they, they get offended again. And then when you say uh, another sign of believers that they were speaking new tongues. Well, I don't believe in speaking in tongues. Well, I know that because you don't believe. I mean, you're, you, I mean, you're clearly telling me who you are. Again, you know, one of my old statements is the person with the experience, the one who has the experience, or the, let's say the one who has the argument, the person who has the argument is always at the mercy of the one with the experience. Not making sense. So you can argue all day long, yet you're not producing what the scriptures say. And so when people uh, won't do what it says, uh, they're going to get discouraged. And they're going to fall away. And, you know, it seems like every year we learn something new about the feast. And, and, I, and I, you know, it, it's so sad. And, it, and, you know, at times it's kind of disheartening. Because we should have had people... Um, who, if they love the most, I was really informed, um, come before us to save us a lot of steps, uh, to teach us the right way, because um, since the Lord know them that are his, and since the day we heard his voice, we did not harden our hearts, and we're still here. Are you following me? Uh, that means, and that's telling me that if somebody would at least had enough love of the most high in their hearts to tell the truth, we would have heard it and done it. So I can only, I guess I can only draw from one conclusion is, is that the people, um, they may have been hungry, but they didn't hunger and thirst enough to be righteous. Because the king says, blessed are those which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So the only thing I can ascertain from all this is that people that come before us just wasn't hungry. And that's easy to fall into that complacent spirit. You just watch the world in front of us. Watch the world out there. People are very complacent, very apathetic. I mean, they, they're not interested in the king being holy. And, and, and his kingdom is so far from their minds. Am I making any sense? But yet... You know, we're charged to ever keep him before our minds, all right? And, of course, one way that he makes sure that we keep him before his mind, our minds, keep him before our minds, is his feast days. Is his feast day. You see, as long as you remain a Christian, you are exempt 
from keeping the most high feast days. Right, y'all say you hear what I said? As long as you're a Christian, you are exempt from these. Because they were not given to you anyway. When I go back into this history book, it tells me that the Father gave laws, statute, commandments, and judgments to one nation. And one, and one people. And that's it. And they were Israelites. All the other nations were heathens and pagans. When the Most High came down upon Mount Sinai, the great I am, the Hayah, he did not give them religion. He gave them laws, commandments, statutes, judgments, priesthoods, order, sacrificials. He, he gave them all kinds of stuff when he talked to them. See, he came down, gave the commandments, and then he, then the, then the, and the Bible said, and the Lord spake unto Moses. That means Moses is not doing the talking. So Christianity stumps us up by saying, well, the first, is that in the book of Moses? You know, the first five. Well, when Moses, who was a prophet, he's speaking exactly what the Most High says, who don't change. Are you following me? So you see the reason why that we end up in, in the bad condition that we all come from. And it's a wonder that through his love, we, we've even made it this far. You know, because if you didn't have any hunger and thirst, you wouldn't make it this far. You understand what I mean? You wouldn't have made it this far. So, you know, if, you're, if you are a Christian, you're exempt from these laws because your religion tells you that. They teach you that. And that's why I don't argue with people. When they say that we are not under that law, I, I tell them, I say, you are telling the truth. There's nobody, there's, you know what? That truth is parallel, is, is, is running parallel with the truth that Jesus said when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because since he didn't give the commandments, the laws, and the statutes to you, and, and he did not replace his people with Christians, like they tell you, you're telling the truth. Now, I'm going to tell you what they've done. What they did is, 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 is Christianity hijacked the Hebrew-Israelite religion. And what they end up doing is replacing and doing away with all of the commandments, all of the feast days, all of the laws of the Most High, and replace them with Christian laws. The deceptive, the, the, you know, the, the deceptive way that they have used was trying to use the same book that we use to bring about their religion. Am I making any sense? That's the reason why they remain powerless. Because even though they use this book, yet and still, when they can't find themselves doing, that means that this book is still closed. See, they're trying to use the same humanistic principles of understanding when it takes the Holy Spirit to rightly divide this word of truth and for it to come in and speak to us. So we um, teach, because we're Israelites, that if the Most High gave it to our people way back then, he hasn't changed. He's still doing the same thing today. 
and he'll be that way forever. Are you following me? So we're constantly reminded of his presence whenever these times of the year come up because they put our mind in the focus of the reason why we're here in the first place. Now, I'm an Israelite, so that means that the Most High gave me commandments. And I don't have no problem with what he says. And I hope that you don't. Are you following me? Um, when we go over to Leviticus 23, and I'm going to kind of move here a little bit tonight because I want y'all to hear a little bit. I want to show you a few things. We, we all know um, that the first feast of the year is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. All right? Uh, the first feast of the year for, for Christians, and I probably ain't going to mention any more about their religion because I don't want to offend them by telling the truth, you know what I mean? Their first feast of the year is Easter, so let them have their Easter. But for Israelites, the first feast of the year is unleavened bread and then Passover. Immediately after unleavened bread and Passover is a feast called uh, the sheave of first fruits. Okay? Now, in this sheave of first fruits, um, what, what that is, is there's some people going out and getting the first fruits of the harvest, and what they do is they, they wave a sheave. Because, you know, dep what, depending on what you plant, you've got different times you can harvest it. And they would raise, so the priest, they would bring it to the priest, and the priest would wave it before the Lord as a wave offering. All right? And as opposed to formal teachings and stuff, see, this is what I'm saying. We've, we've had, we um, try to look in here, and then we end up getting a lot of our old training coming back up, and then we have to change it as we continue to go on to get the right way. So... I can't even really be sure to tell you that we're going to be able to, to perfect these feasts within the next 10 or 15 years because there's so much to learn from it because so much has been lost. Well, thank God for the provision of whatsoever without faith is sin. Hallelujah. But rather than counting from the um, Passover, actually you should be counting from the sheave of first fruits up until um, Pentecost. That 49 day, or plus that one day tomorrow after the Sabbath. Tomorrow after the Sabbath. That's when they would weigh the sheaves, okay? So it, it's, it's about putting it in order and perspective. And, and they really do, they really truly do have to be carefully examined greatly. And we can only define scripture with scripture and not with what somebody else has told. That's the reason why we keep learning more and more and more about these feasts each year because, you know, you get there and you learn the, the Holy Spirit puts you on one course and then you learn that and then you go back again next year you go oh lord look at here man what what is that man that's more opened up to you. you you follow me well at least we can thank him that we we know when the feast are the problem brothers and sisters is is that there's only um, um one feast that has never been lost throughout time and that's the sabbath day it's amazing how the whole world knows that Sabbath day, even though they don't want to do it. They do know it. You go out and talk, you ever talk to people what day is Sabbath day, they'll tell you. And if you ask them why Sunday, and they, they don't have no answer, but they say, yeah, I know it, but, but then they won't do. So they're in trouble with the most high then. But only if they're Israelites. Because heathens and pagans don't, don't keep the commandments. We got to follow me. So, but if you're a student of the scripture, it's going to be hard um, 
for you to not hear what the Holy Spirit says when you put forth the time and the effort to study. Because it's the honor of kings to search out a matter. Are right, you following me? He's made us kings and priests. Is that right? All right let me uh, take this shirt off real quick. All right. Okay. So, in these, in these, this, these feast days, all right, the reason why, now we know Christ is the fulfillment of all these feasts. I want us to understand that. I also want us to understand that even though yet that Christ was the fulfillment of these feasts, that this still, that still did not alleviate the disciples from keeping them. As a matter of fact, even after Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, we're going to see that they kept the feast, especially this one we're talking about today, which is having to be Pentecost. Okay? Now, the problem that we have in today is, is that, uh, okay, you can go out and you can look at the moon, all right, which you won't see um, the new moon if you have an understanding about how the moons work, okay? But the problem is we have is, is that these days that are correlating around these feasts, you follow me? I mean, there's a lot that, that has to be desired. So what I'm thinking is, is that whenever, for instance, uh, next, next year when unleavened bread and Passover comes up, okay, what we're going to have to do is no matter what um, natural calendar says and then plus going back and using the day before because we know the evening in the morning is the first day, all right, follow me? What we're going to have to do is we're actually going to have to actually try to line these feast days up so where that they're on the time frame that they should be throughout the year. Are you following me? Um, but for instance, because we did Passover, I think it was the 29th, something like that. Um, and then, but when you see that uh, the feast of um, or the sheave of first fruits, that is supposed to be kept on the morrow after the Sabbath. So we got a whole week. A whole entire week that we had to go before we got to the Sabbath and then before we got to that first day again. Are y'all following me? And so you're looking at these, you're going, what in the world's going on? Now, I do know the Lord on a faith because he blessed us with his anointing, the Holy Spirit, you know, letting us, he, he blessed us with his presence to let us know that he was, he was here and he was glad to show up with us. Hallelujah. In the scriptures, um, you, you hear words in the New Covenant um, especially over in the book of Acts, the church in the wilderness. Okay? Now, when you uh, get from, you, you do Pente now you do unleavened, you do Passover, then unleavened bread, which is Pesca, you know what I mean. Unleavened bread, and you get the sheave first fruits, and the next one will be Pentecost, which is 50 days after the sheave of first fruits. But you can read all that. You can read the order of in Leviticus 23. All right? The order of it. <clears throat> when you get to Pentecost, <clears throat> let me get to the scripture. Let's go to Acts, the seventh chapter, verse 37. I'm going to show you something in here. Now, why are you getting that? I'm going to show you something. When Israel, when the children of Israel left out of Mizraim, that's Egypt, when they left out of Egypt, okay, and over here in the scriptures, why are you getting that? I'm going to see if my memory is, is serving me right. Okay, I'm going to go over here for, for a second. I'm going to read you something. You can write it down. Um, I 
um, in Exodus 19, verse 1, in the third month when the children of Israel were gone out, gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. Okay. When they were gone out, saying they went into the wilderness of Sinai. Okay. Now, and then in many, many other parts, it talks about how they, Moses, y'all would know this just by hearing it, Moses would go to Pharaoh and tell him, you're going to have to let the most high people go because they need to go out because they're going to have a feast unto the Lord. You follow me? Notice, key words. The reason why they were going out there, they were going out there to have a feast unto the most high. Now, mind you, by the time they made the journey, which, see, that's why I'm going ahead and filling in all this because we've heard this, I can't tell you how many times over the years. So I'm just going to give you the, uh, the expedite version. All right? When, when they left out of Egypt, and by the time that they had got at the foot of Mount Sinai, are you following me? That journey took them all the way to the point until the time of what we call the, what is called the Feast of Weeks or the Passover. Now, there was something that took place that, notice, when they got there, they heard the most high voice. Are you following me? And he gave them the law. Are you following me? And over and over again, the scripture reminds us how the law is written on our hearts. Just like he gave them the law then, to correlate this to see how it, it, it all runs together, on the day of Pentecost, after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, are you following me? Down comes the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon us. And that Holy Spirit, what did that Holy Spirit do? He wrote the law on the tables of our heart. Why? Because the Spirit and the Word agree. So no longer was the Spirit just upon us and around us, but then now he, he's in us. Are you following me? So there goes your new covenant right there. When he said, well, I will write my laws in your hearts, in your inward parts. So that's what he did when he gave us the Holy Spirit. So, you know, he always done everything in conjunction with the feast. You follow me? So we end up getting the commandments again, but this time a different way. Not on tables of stone. It was written on the tables of our heart. And he did that by giving us the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit causes you to keep his commandments. The Holy Spirit compels you to love him with all your heart and all your soul. See, no longer is he dependent upon your human, humanistic ways or your human ability to try to produce love for him. He's going to give you something that's going to be in you and dwell with you. And, and, you, and you're going to know this with you because he's manifested himself in a way to you that he hasn't unto the world. You see what I mean? So, I mean, he's right on time in everything that he's, that he's doing. Right on time. And what a beauty that is to know that, see, when they was back there in, the, in Mount Sinai and the Most High was speaking to them and they received the commandment, they heard his voice. They heard his voice. Because remember, his words are spirit, and they are life because God is a spirit. Are you following me? And so when the day of Pentecost came, he poured out his spirit. Are y'all hearing that? And when you understand the word all flesh, that was all the flesh that was there. 
Because if, if his spirit was, was upon all flesh, we wouldn't have all this hell that we have in this earth right now. Hallelujah. So Acts uh, 7 verse 37. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me, him shall ye hear. Look what he said. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness. Who was that that was in the church in the wilderness? The prophet was. That was Moses. What church in the wilderness? The church that was in the wilderness that was the foot of Mount Sinai. Look at this. With the angel that spake unto him in Mount Sinai. See that? And with our fathers who received the what oracles? The what kind of oracles? Lively oracles given unto who? Us. To whom our fathers would not obey. But thrust him from them. And in their hearts turned back again into Egypt. Now notice. Physically they didn't make it back to Egypt. They in their heart. They turned back to Egypt. What do we talk about all the time? He said we don't have no problem getting getting you out of Egypt. We have a problem getting Egypt out of you. So now you see where I'm getting this from. Are you following? It says they turn back to Egypt in their hearts. That means their passions, their emotions, their, their, their desires, their appetites, all that, even though they were in the wilderness, they went back and they desired the things that they had once forsaken to go out here to hold a feast of God because they didn't like being out there. Hmm? He told them from the very beginning that I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm bringing you out of here because I'm going to try you. See, that's what we are missing in this hour today. When we get in this walk, you know, we get, we get the Holy Spirit. And boy, we're on cloud forever, ever. How about that one? And then all of a sudden, when the emotion is gone and stuff, and, we, and our feet is back on this earth, then comes the life. And see, I'm, hey, well, we've told you flat out, you are in the earth of sin. There is nothing new under the sun. We have the same experiences. We'll read about the experience of how our people behave. Now we have the opportunity to behave just like them all over again. And many people are doing it. Just like there were many people that had opportunity to behave like them all over again in rebellion against him. There's vast amounts of people doing that today. And there's only a few that is obeying him in spirit and in truth like Joshua and Caleb and them did and them people that entered in. Are you following? It's the same thing. Nothing new is under the sun. So we're being tried. See, the, God had already promised them that they was going to go into the promised land. But the key was is that not everyone that left out of Egypt went into the promised land. As a matter of fact, the ones that, all the ones that left out of Egypt, none but two entered into the promised land. There was another whole generation born of their children that ended up going in and not the ones to who it was promised to. But it was promised... To the, they end up getting it too because they were children of them. And so to same same thing today, this life after your birth in Christ. You're in a wilderness of sin. You're being tried. And this is all going to determine if you go into the promised land. That new Jerusalem. That's going to be coming down. See, there ain't nothing new. Nothing new. He ain't done away with nothing. No, he's magnified everything. Are you following? 
But today, we are without excuse. We have the history of what to do and what not to do. We have his spirit living inside of us. So now we can see how the scripture over in the book of Acts makes sense. There used to be a time, and I'm paraphrasing, that he would wink at men's ignorance. Because he'd say, well, we don't know. We don't know. Well, today we don't have excuse. He says, uh-uh, I am not winking at ignorance no more. But the word of the hour is the same word that Elijah had, the same word that John the Baptist had, the same word we got today, and it's called repent. Amen. Same word. So he has not changed one bit. Hallelujah. So this was that Moses. Now, again, the Feast of Pentecost is called the Feast of First Fruit. It's got many names when you read it in the Old Covenant. You'll read it, you'll be like, now, wait a minute. I thought we only had seven feasts. What were all these names? You know what I mean? And so, you know, they're there, the Feast of First Fruits, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Harvest. They call it Pentecost in the New Covenant. Come from the word 50 uh, from the Greek translation. Um, let's go to uh, Exodus 23, verse 16. Exodus 23, verse 16. And the feast of the harvest of first fruit. See, the feast of the harvest of the first fruit, there's another name for it. Um, of the labors of which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering. Now, feast of ingathering is another name for what? No, it's tabernacles. Feast of ingathering. All right, look, it tells you, which is in the end of the year. You see that? So now we know what feast that is. You know what I mean? What we have to do, we have to understand that we've been given um, either American or Greek, Greek names or whatever you want to call it to these feasts nowadays. So it's kind of, we're going to have to actually retrain ourselves like we have to retrain ourselves from instead of saying Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, to say first, second, first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day. Because you know that the Bible explicitly tells us to not even let the name of a strange God come out of your mouth. Amen. Somebody said, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. He's serious about this stuff. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so somebody would ask me, well, what should we call him? I said, call him Father. Amen. That's what the Messiah told us. You get that right every time. Every time. You can't miss that one. Well, his name wasn't Father. We'll call him Haya. That's how he said, I am that I am. You don't like that one, go with Ishi. And if you don't like that, wonderful. Counselor. I mean, stolen by his name, Yah. Well, he has a name. I just got finished telling you. You think you, you ain't going to... The one who is everywhere at all times, they think they're going to define him just by one name. And you know, it's amazing. I tell these people all the time, if y'all got the name, why come he not delivering y'all all y'all hell? Amen. Yeah, but, you know, anybody can research anything. You understand what I mean? Come up with anything nowadays because you can write a lot like you can tell a lot. All right? Um, but what we're going to do here just for a second, let, let me go over here and just show you a few things. I just want to talk about that for a second, but I got some scriptures I want you to write down as students. Exodus chapter 19, verses 20 
and 24. Deuteronomy, the 16th chapter, verses 9 through 12. Exodus 23, verses 16 and 17, and also uh, Exodus um, 34, verse 22 and 23. Now you can read about the feast in um, Leviticus 23, which is 15 through 21. Verse 15 through 21. Am I going too fast? Okay. And Numbers 28, verses 26 through 31. Now, let's go over here to the New Testament just for a second. And when you read these, you're going to see what the Most High has for you in these feasts, okay? Um, the other one I was talking about is, uh, write this one, Exodus 10, verse 9. And what it says is, and Moses said, we will go with our young and old and with our old, with our sons and with our daughters and with our flocks and with our herds, we will go. For we must hold a feast unto the Lord. Did y'all hear that? See, that's the main reason why they went out there. They just didn't go out there just be going. They were going to do something. They were going to worship. Hallelujah. And they had an appointed time. That's why the word must in there. Okay. Now, when you look at Acts 2 and 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one court in one place. All right. We see that this was the fulfillment, all right, of the scripture, which Jesus said he was going to do. Is that right? Now, a lot of people use their word when you say fulfill or fulfillment, they think that that's the end of it. You no longer have to do it anymore. Not for us Israelites, brothers and sisters. It was showing us the type and the shadow. We was looking at the shadow, and then we saw the fulfillment, the actual, the actual real person of it in Jesus. Are you following me? When you go to Acts 20, verse 16, I want you to, I want you to watch this. I want you to listen to this real close. So, so far, what we've come up with is that the the, the feast of Pentecost this year is looks is looking like the twenty third. Looking like the twenty third. All right. Um, Acts twenty verse sixteen. For Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia. For he hasted. You hear that? If it were possible for him to be at Jerusalem. The day of what? Isn't that something? You know the reason why Paul wanted to get to Jerusalem for the Pentecost? Because that's the place where you're supposed to be at. Are you following me? He's an Israelite. Look at 1 Corinthians 16 verse 8. Here he's saying, but I would tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. Y'all seeing this? So brothers and sisters, believe it or not, you just have to see it's in there, but these feast days are covered all in the new covenant. You know the reason why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, 
and forever. And a good chapter to read is Hebrews, the eighth chapter. It's a very good chapter to read, all right? For understanding's sake. So, see, we don't have to really spend too much time on this tonight, you know what I mean? Because we already have a good understanding of it. Um, and it's for us Israelites anyway. You know what I mean? We don't, we don't expect Christians to understand our speech. You know, because they can't. How can you? When you've been trained to believe another way. You know what I mean? Why do you think that Paul warned us about somebody coming and preaching another Messiah, another Jesus? There's nobody that does that better than Christianity. Oh, boy. See what happens when you uncondition your mind. Christianity is the only religion in the world that preaches another Jesus. Their Jesus said Sunday. Their Jesus said Easter. Their Jesus said Christmas. Their Jesus said the law is done away with. Their Jesus, their Jesus said all this stuff. Their Jesus said uh, believers can't have spirits. Their Jesus said you don't have to speak in tongues. Their Jesus said all kinds of stuff. Their Jesus said all this stuff. But isn't that something? But our Jesus, our King, our Messiah teaches us to obey the law. He, t he tells us that it's holy, just, and good. Tell us to keep the commandments. See? Who would ever thought that Christianity would be the greatest religion used to deceive the masses of the people? So I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got saved through Christianity. No, you got saved through him. Because see, when you were saved, you in your heart, you knew who you was calling on. He knew who you was calling on. But then after that, you know, you come in, your new saint, and then you're going to get trained up and stuff. And, and see, even then, even in times of our ignorance, when we didn't use proper terminology, we knew where our hearts were being directed to, the real Jesus. And they are taking you away from the real Jesus. So as we begin to grow and we get and we, we're finished with milk and we need the meat, he starts putting out them big old steaks out there because we like sirloin. We like steak. Isn't that right? He starts giving you the meat because in the beginning, if you try to give that babe, if somebody tried to tell you, um, you're an Israelite, you're <laughs> give me milk, give me milk, give me milk. Because you can't feed a babe that kind of meat just yet. You understand what I mean? So we, but the thing about it, we end up growing up in this thing together. Now you think about that. You think about that. You think about the power of Christianity and, and, and what it has done all in the name of Christ throughout this world. How many people have, have they killed in the name of Christ? And it's all led by the mother harlot, the Roman Catholic Church herself. So are there a few to be saved? There are a few. I know that these are offensive words with people. As a matter of fact, I had Pastor Farrell um, here. He was listening to one of my videos, and he says, when I made a, a statement about not being a Christian or something like he says, now, some people may have a problem with that. I said, I don't give a damn <laughs> what they have a problem with. They added nothing to me. It is, uh, is that how the apostle spoke? They sure haven't had no holiness, no righteousness, no Christ, no Holy Spirit power. No, no, nothing. They added nothing to me. 
What do I care about what people think? If I live my life caring about what people think, I wouldn't be nowhere. Amen. Not in Christ, because I'll be terrified Amen. to make a move because I'll be looking around the corner to see who's watching me. I ain't caring about who watching me. Hope they get their eyes full. Hallelujah. So I always talk about how remarkable it is that the Most High has gotten all of us together from different parts of this world on this little journey and give us all a like mind and like spirit. Now you know that's got to be. That's got to be the king. That's got to be the king. I was talking with Chuck Day, mentioned him something about somebody. He said, I don't care nothing about them. Y'all know Chuck, right? But then he said, but, he said, but, 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 but Sky and Maisie, them children, and any of the children down at the community, somebody do something like it, or anybody at the community, boy, they're going to come through me. I said, that's a change, isn't it? Uh, and of course he got that kind of spirit too though he really do he got that kind of spirit um, but anyway we thank the father for the truth alright so the way it's looking right now I said the way it's looking because I tell you what I was down there looking at these feet and I go oh lord more questions just pop up and more I mean in my spirit and so much that I can't even handle them all at once that it was, it's going to take time set apart Set aside, if you understand what I mean. Undisturbed. You got to be able to, to get quiet and hear him. Hallelujah. All right. Hope y'all enjoyed that little refresher there. That's what it's looking like, all right? Thank you, Father, for your truth. We thank you. We thank you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Continue to speak to us as you always have. You know we want to be led and guided into all truth, so feed us. Continue to feed us. Um, fill up our plate continually. We thank you for all things. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed for our sins, our iniquities, and transgression. We thank you for all those stripes because in that contain all our healing and our deliverance. And we bless you for it, Father. Saints, have a good day in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.